In America, we call them elevators. In the UK, they call them lifts. I guess it's because they were raised differently. <sighs> killer elevators on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Hello, one and all. I am Insane Mike, and this is Attack of the Killer Podcast. This is episode 238 called Elevator Horror. Horror movies that take place in and around and somewhat near elevators. <laughs> Attack of the Killer Podcast is a horror movie podcast where a group of friends, we get together, we pick a topic, we discuss movies within that topic, and we speak openly and freely. So there's probably going to be spoilers. You've been warned. Now get over it. If you like what you hear and you want more, you can help support the show and become an attacker. Now, an attacker is a special fan uh, that not only shows their love by supporting the show, but they also get various perks to have more Attack of the Killer podcast in their lives. Everything from bonus episodes to shout-outs to membership cards, stickers, certificates, t-shirts, so many cool stuff, different video series. It's, it's, it's a lot. It really is. You don't believe me? Check it out for yourself. Go to jointheattackers.com. That's all one word, all lowercase, blah, blah, blah. Check it out and pick the tier that best suits you. We all here at Attack of the Killer Podcast, thank you for your support. Now, again, that's jointheattackers.com. Second floor, the moment you've all been waiting for, here is the podcast crew. He got a job as an elevator repairman. He says his job has its ups and downs. Jason, everybody. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening, everybody, and tuning in. appreciate you being here. He just got back from a safety meeting at his at his job. His boss said, in case of a fire, don't use the elevator. He said, duh, I'll use a fire extinguisher. Andy, everybody. <laughs> yeah, if we if we, you know, ever had safety meetings, so if I never really go. But, <laughs> hi. <laughs> he thinks my ele- my elevator jokes are bad on so many levels. Tad Actually, uh, hey, thanks for listening. But today, like our, our elevator inspector at work came. Wow. We, we have an elevator at work, and you know, it's sort of like, oh, this is weird. Like he only comes <laughs> once every six months or something. It's like On the day we're recording this, he comes. It's like he knew. I know. Did I you murder had, your whole. I, I should have had him as a guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, it's sad. <laughs> It's a bummer. <laughs> Last driving's over. Oh. Yeah. And you all out there missed it. But you can still, you can watch it. You can marathon it by subscribing to Shudder. <laughs> Shudder is the Netflix for horror. Shudder is a streaming service that not only has an amazing live stream, but also several movies and shows that you can watch at any time you want. You can get a free month of Shudder on us as a gift here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. You just enter our promo code AOTKP. You get it? It's the initials of the show. 
A as in attack. O as in. <laughs> this is gonna take all night. Omar. T as in. Tom. Diddy. <laughs> K as in. K Y Jelly. M P as in. Oh sure, Andy. Now you're there. <laughs> Leave us hanging. Literally. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Pineapple. Pineapple. There. Thank you. Someone's overcompensating. So <laughs> it's prickly and depends on where it's going. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> what are we talking about? Shutter. So enter our promo code and get that first month of Shutter for free on us. Woo. Next up, the third floor, where we will find out what the wacky gang here at Attack of the Killer Podcast has been watching. Here's Tad with what we watched. What we watched. All right, Andy, um, what was this week's episode, or I guess the last two weeks' episodes of Dark Side of the Ring you want to tell us about? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I know because I watched, but um, I watched the the Dynamite Kid one, and yeah. uh, that's that's really good. Anything that's been um, going on, like within, I'd say between like eighty three up until now, has been stolen from this guy from his ma- uh, matches with Tiger Mask, and but unfortunately, the guy behind the scenes was an unbelievable, you know kind of a nasty son of a bitch and uh it's it kind of taints his legacy but very good very good uh story about the dynamite kid it's kind of kind of heartbreaking at the same time but uh like i said he was the guy he was very very innovative and anything that you're seeing on tv right now chances are it was probably stolen from the dynamite kid um, also watched, um, uh, been watching episodes of Loki, which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, been, uh, caught up with the first two episodes of that. Also, uh, finally watched, uh, Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Um, it's awesome, right? God damn it. It's, uh, you fuckers. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm hotter. I'm hot and cold on some, on the movie but i i won't really get into it um it was okay but it's uh it's kind of like star wars it is the jedi of the series not just because it's the third movie but it's because it's the third there wasn't one movie. ewok in this i don't know what you're saying um n- no made it better. there was a lot of tiny nah. ske- there was a lot of tiny skeletons does damn that count you. damn um, but I mean, I, it's, it's not like I didn't enjoy it, but, uh, prefer the first two, uh, also watch Toby Hooper's, uh, toolbox murders. Nice. Another, another, uh, uh, one you apartment. can add to the, exactly. Um, just not one of my favorite apartment ones. Um, it's, um, it's like the only it, non Rob zombie movie with Sherry moon, right? <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, and she Literally. lasts about like five minutes. Yeah, you know, kind of a spoiler, but um, it kind of is what it it reminded me of uh, House of Wax. Really, you know, it was just like a, it felt like a paint by a numbers, you know, 
way of doing a horror film of that point in time, you know, especially like a remake. They took like the premise and then they just went in a, ooh, let's go in this little trendy direction and make it all fancy and just it, nah, nah, nah. Uh, the, the other thing I want to talk about is a movie called The Dead Girl <gasps> and uh it's it's more of a uh it's more of a drama really and it's not like the the trent haga like dead girl not not that one um this has got rose brine uh tony collette james franco uh piper larie Brittany murphy and it uh, it all centers on the story of this dead girl obviously But, um, and how all these characters are tied to it, you know, the person who discovered her, the person who lived with her. And it's, um, it's not, it's not bad. It's, it was considered one of the best films of 06, but, uh, I figured I'll watch almost anything with, uh, Tony Collette and, uh, you know, it has an also a really good cast in it as well. And I recommend it. It's not a bad movie, but that is what I watched. All right. Mike, what have you watched? Okay. Here's my problem. Um, <laughs> I think getting letterboxed was awesome a mistake. Because now I'm over- overthinking the movies that I watch because I don't want to have my letterbox filled with garbage. I feel what? like, yeah, I feel like my letterbox viewings is representative of me, so I can't. Well, I guess, people know you watch garbage, so. Yeah. No, I only do the garbage man. I only watch cool stuff. The garbage man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The first thing I watched was from 2018. I don't know if any of you guys have seen it, but I recommend it. Seven Stages to Achieve Eternal Bliss. It is a wacky, wacky movie. Basically, it's about a couple that moves into this apartment. Ooh, another apartment movie. That's weird. (laughs) Uh, But it just so happens their apartment is a place where this deranged cult commits ritual suicides in their bathtub. And it's a comedy. Uh, it stars Kate. I'm not going to say her name right, but the uh, um, the shorter half of Garfunkel and Oates. Makuchi. Makuchi, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Sam Huntington, uh, who I, I love him. He's awesome, too. They are the couple in this movie. Um I never say his name right either, but to, uh, Laguchi. No, um, I'll just say it for me. The, the, the director, <laughs> the director of the last Thor movie. Takiki, 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 or, uh, Taguchi. Taika. Taika Waititi. Right. Yes. He plays the leader of the cult and it's, Awesome. That's cool. Um, yeah. Dan Harmon is in it. Oh, I think I know what one this is. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I think this is, I mean, not a lot of watched a lot of things with Dan Hartman in front of the camera, but it's got to be the funniest thing I've ever seen him do. He plays the, the detective that gets called upon to, um, any time somebody commits suicide in the, cause the, everybody just accepts it. The owner of the building is, is, you know, it's just is something that happens in this world. And so the police department, um, gives Dan Hartman, you know, the, uh, the chore of going and investigating every time somebody commits suicide in this bathtub. Harmon or Hartman? Harmon? 
what did I say? Harmon, Dan yeah. Harmon, yeah. Rick and um, Morty guy. And it's got yeah. some cool um, guest appearances in it by uh, Mark McKenna, Mark McKenney uh, from Kids in the Hall. Freaking love him. Dana Gould shows up. Yeah. Brian Posehn is in a yeah. scene. And wow. from the Greasy Strangler, Big Ron himself, Michael St. Michael's, uh, makes an appearance in the movie, too. And the movie, I wouldn't say it's 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 on the level of Greasy Strangler, but it's that it's that kind of wacky, re, wacky reality kind of mentality, I think, of like Greasy Strangler. Um, so you love this. It's great. It's really funny. It's it's a lot of fun. I would definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, I also watched, finally watched, I've, it's been on my radar forever, um, the second best uh, Christmas zombie movie where a janitor has to fight zombies, uh-huh. um, and that's from 2013, Stalled, um, which I never realized was like a, like a, a movie from the UK, um, but it, it was pretty good. Um, Cadaver Christmas is still better still in best. that sub, 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 sub category. But like, I don't know why it took me so long to watch this because you want to talk about a movie that uh, is such a minimal location. I mean, the guy's trapped in a bathroom stall through a whole movie. And that's, that's awesome. Um, and then this this last one was a rewatch, but I haven't watched it in a while. And I saw it popped up on Tubi. Um, and I love this movie. And I love Bobcat Goldthwait. So I rewatched uh, 2011's God Bless America. Great yeah, movie. I love that one. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird, uh, the state that we live in now. Um, so some, some of the, uh, some of the, I don't want to say message, but some of, uh, what he's fighting against, um, it seems dated now. Cause you know, back then we were still coming off the nineties extreme and, and, uh, yeah. um, you know, people just being assholes and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, but I think maybe some of it's even more relevant today, but it's a great movie, and I love um, Joel Murray. I love all the Murray brothers. Um, yeah, that's what I watched. Excellent. So I guess that leaves you, Jason, right? Yeah, so uh, this really cool guy I know, he, uh, for Joe Bob's finale, season three finale, uh, opened up a theater, and we screened <laughs> the finale, and it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Ted, for doing that. Of course. Thanks for coming. I wish I could have been there. Yeah, so it started off with probably the most fidelitous movie of all time. I'm just kidding. It was the it looked the like worst it was transfer of any movie ever I've ever seen. seen I ever. I couldn't believe how bad it was the so transfer bad. they chose. And we watched it on a big screen. Oh god. I so had to have hurt. All fourteen pixels were just painful to look at. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah, Little Shop of Horrors, the original. That was great. And it's a great movie, but yes, it was a horrible transfer. And such a weird choice for like Roger Corman night, right? Yeah, it was kind of like a beginning success and end success kind of a bookend i thought and roger corman was amazing as ever and i assume they went with something five and just still remembers everything it's insanity i assume they went with little shop of horrors since it's a shorter movie and that would give more time (laughs) for the conversations between roger and and joe because both of them can just talk and it's great listening to them yeah especially with uh roger's history and humanoids from the deep was on second and that was great as always um and some other ones i watched uh i finally watched 
I was flipping through Hulu and then Tina just perked up. And she's like, I love Soleil Moon Fry. She was my hero as a kid. And I'm like, what? Well, let's watch Kid 90. Nice. That was good and depressing as fuck. And, <laughs> but kind of, kind of really cool that, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I, I felt like she was what Insane Mike was as a kid as far as like, if he, if you had a camera when you were a baby, you would have just had it on the whole time. <laughs> when know? I finally did have a camera Once in my hand, it was did. on all yep. the time. Yep. So it was great getting to see all that just footage that she had just been rolling over the years. It was really great. And then lastly, uh, last night, I finally got to watch Nomad Land. And gosh dang, that was fantastic. Right before Prime Day. Perfect. Yeah. Celebrating Amazon Prime Day with a watch of a uh amazon employee yeah totally on purpose live a depressing life (laughs) at the same time like uh very um i don't know it really hits home for me i've uh i've been a van liver intentionally before and i you know i connected with it and you know in a nice way like that and just the tiny living and the nomad oh just there's something still romantic about it i guess i don't know so yes depressing maybe but it was always her choice you know and i don't think she that was the part giving her depressedness you know Uh, maybe everything else in her life but it was really great to see her range where she doesn't say much at all and she's sort of short and um angry wait that's her in every role hey but, come uh, on Francis i love her but, i know she's fantastic but i mean is this really like it, it's her in the same um sure you know, billboards and i mean she's sort of being well, she's an the same character billboards jesus yeah. But yeah, a little that, more fiery in that, but that's why you cast her because she can hold the screen without any words, you know, and you just you're sucked in and it's hard not to watch her. And she can do it, I thought. But I loved it. I think it's an awesome movie and and that's what I watched. Tad, what did you watch? Well, I rewatched Society for uh first time podcast. I had a guest on who hadn't seen it, so that was fun. I rewatched yeah, yeah. it with Joe Bob so I could get a little more insight and it just makes it more fun. Anything um, watched evil speak on the ah, last yeah. drive in. Uh-huh. Uh, and they had, uh, that's the Clint, Clint Howard. Howard. Yep. yep. And they had okay. him on as a guest. Uh, I think the highlight was their musical number at the end for <laughs> that Clint was, Howard. That was freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, just, a. Uh, ton of fun one that mike didn't mention i'm surprised was uh romero's the amusement park we both watched that well i didn't want to spoil uh, i didn't want to do any spoilers that's okay i mean uh that might i don't know when that will come out but it might come up before or after that but you know look out for a first time episode on that um, yeah and i've uh i watched the big lebowski rewatched it outside at russ fry's house uh Nice. You guys probably, if you're listening to this, you might not know who he is, but he's a local historian and filmmaker, a uh, sweetest guy around, and he hosted an outdoor Absolutely. showing at his house, um, and he was dressed in the full robe and uh, <laughs> box, boxer shorts making white Russians for my wife. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and then the only other thing I really watched um, would be, I, I watched the first two episodes of the new season of Dave on FXX, which is one of my favorite shows. It's about the uh, it's sort of in the vein of like Louis and uh, Marin, where he plays a fictionalized, a little bit fictionalized version of himself. 
Mm. Uh, and it's the rapper Little Dicky. I don't know if anyone else, do you, any of you seen it before? No. 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 It's fantastic. Uh, it's on, only on the second season. The first season was sort of about him struggling to uh, make it in the rap world. He's like a white dude with like a little fro, and he, he raps about how small his dick mm. is. And uh, he's like huh. a joke. He's a joke rapper, sort of. And then uh, this new season, like at the end of season one, it left it up in the air. Like he was, he, he had made it big with like a viral video. So the second season's him struggling with like, what now? Like, I have a record deal. I have uh, everything handed to me. Um, and now, now what? Like, I have to actually do this shit. So it's a very um, anxiety inducing series. Um, every episode, he just gets himself into bad situations and uh, you sort of laugh at it. But it's like, if you are looking to relax, I don't recommend it. But it's, it's really, really good. Um, fantastic. It's on Hulu the next day. So I recommend at least given maybe the first episode of the first season I watched just to see if you like the humor, but I, I absolutely love it. And that's what I watched. Cool. Hey, do you like to read? Yeah, me too. Well, I've, I've, I've got just the book for you. It's called Iowa grindhouse by author Brett Royer. It's a double feature. If you will, two stories. Here's the first one. It's called mill damn road. A group of friends on the way to a graduation party become stranded on Mill Dam Road. On their quest to find help, they stumble on a house haunted by memories of one of their own. Will they survive through the night? Bum, bum, bum. Right? Second story is called The Litter Monster of Lake Geode. A new nightmare has been released onto Geode State Park, one of our own making. A monster made up entirely of littered trash terrorizes the park, killing anybody that litters. Now a couple DNR rangers must team up with a hippie girl to stop the monster before it reaches the edge of the park and makes it to town. Sounds awesome, right? Totally. Well, you can find Iowa Grindhouse on Amazon on its Kindle or on the paperback thing that it does there on amazon <laughs> but just uh, all you got to do is just search for the author brett royer that's b-r-e-t-r-o-y-e-r b-r-e-t-r-o-y-e-r check out this double feature of scary stories to make you scream ah. next floor is the fourth floor housewares pocket fishermen's vegematics pet rocks and pole position with jason now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of pole position. Hey everybody, let's take a look back at episode 236's question in the pole position. The question was, what is the worst form of execution? That is the right way to phrase that. Eventually found it. I, I guarantee I won this one. Oh, you're calling your shot. That's right. Well, let's see what the poll says. In last place, tied 11%. Well, let's go over the answers real quick. Insane yeah. Mike, cocky man, says gas chamber. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Jason, that's me, says electrocution. Pretty good one. Shh. Tad says hanging. And Andy said drawn and quartered. So in last place... Tied for last place with 11%. Jason and Tad. Oh, so sorry. So I guess we'll say the winner with 56% of the votes. Mm-hmm. Remember how the last couple episodes, Andy didn't get any, any votes at all? Well, he just won this sucker. What? Sorry, Mike. <laughs> what? 
Oh. Redemption. Bullshit. Redemption. <laughs> Mikey only got 22%. But Andy got 56% of the vote. Congratulations, Andy. Congratulations, Andy. Oh, what a nice sore winner. That's cool. Well, let's get into this poll position. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the question today is what is your favorite? What's the best one location movie in St. Mike? Dude, I love movies that take place in one location. Do. Oh my goodness. So this was hard to narrow down, <laughs> but I think I've got it. This is the winner. I know it is Cube. Mm, that's pretty good. I mean, not mm. only is it such a singular location, right? And it's supposed to be many rooms within this singular location, but filming wise, it's literally one location. They just relit it a different lighting so it looked like a different room. It's a pretty good one. It's a winner. Well, not just yet. I'm going to go next. And I think that mine is going to win because mine has the least square footage per set in the maybe movie <laughs> history. I'm going with the 2010 Ryan Reynolds thriller. I said it. Oh. Buried. Oh, God. And that I is know, a good one. I know you love this movie. It's isn't a it? great movie because it is the smallest <laughs> location ever for ever. a movie. So when I think one location, it's hard not to think about buried. Tad, what about you? I sort of had a hard time, too, because I had one that I was set on, and then I found one that I think is probably not my favorite, but I think is a better, yeah, right, a safe safe bet on winning, a safer bet. And maybe even saying this out loud will cost cost me some votes, (laughs) but um, I've got to go with The Shining being isolated. Good one. That's good. I thought about that one. Dang, that's good. Isolation. All right, Andy. Can you make it two in a row? Um, hopefully. Uh it's a little bit of a newer film, but it takes place on a very large estate after a wedding, and it's uh 2019's ready or not. You have Ooh. Samara Weaving trying to not get murdered by her in-laws in this giant clue-like mansion and uh yeah she has a hard time getting out of there radio silence who is doing the new screen movie at january 2022 cool well all right that's this week's poll position get your butts over to twitter at aotkp get your votes in who do you think got it right this week cube or other ones that aren't cube and that is pole position. Ding. We have reached our destination. <laughs> Fifth floor. Our film discussion. So we're talking about horror movies that deal with elevators in some capacity. I was so excited when I first read this topic. I'm like, elevated horror. We're finally going to talk about some A24 movies. <laughs> and, some, some good, and I'm like, wait a minute. He tricked me. Tricked you. Andy, what's our first film? Okay, our first film comes to us from 1983 from the Netherlands. And I have to mention this director's name because it sounds so damn funny to say. Dick Moss. Oh, and you. <laughs> yeah, writer and director. Uh, it is simply called The Lift. Inside this vertical city, a machine has come to life. A machine with a terrible secret. 
modern technology gave birth to the lift. But the lift has made itself smarter, stronger, and deadlier. responsible for making it safe is trying to make it stop killing For God's sake, Andy, describe this movie. Stairs. <laughs> okay, holy shit. Uh, a machine with a secret. Oh, my baby's <laughs> got a secret. Okay. Okay. Storyline. A lift begins displaying some erratic behavior, like trapping some partygoers and nearly suffocating them and decapitating a security guard. Felix, the technician from the lift company, can't find anything wrong with the circuitry. When he and a nosy reporter begin asking questions of the lift company's electronics partner, Rising Sun Electronics, his boss puts him on a leave of absence. A subsequent visit to a professor leads them to believe that some evil experiments are being conducted with microchips. Okay. Um... (laughs) Real quick, can I just say I'm sorry, guys? I was, I love this. I one, really man. like this one too. Oh, holy What's cow! Uh, okay, never mind. You? I'll stop talking now. You you uh, pick this to apologize for? Not all that other <laughs> shitty ass movies. I actually, never apologize for oh, such humor, man. I actually I I like this movie, but for like all the wrong reasons. I think it's hilarious. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, let's talk about like the the very let's talk about the beginning with the very very horny um uh chicken farmers who just can't keep their hands off each other. That's hilarious and the, this thing is turning up the heat on them and they're all in the elevator and they're choking but at the same time they can't, you know, control their sexual urges and yeah, that's that's hilarious. Um this this there's a lot of just great little moments in in this film it's like it's a, it's like the early 80s back when you could like openly like just brutalize a child in public and like nobody does anything about it nobody reprimands anybody um um the 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 decapitation of the security guard when he's got his head caught in the elevator i thought that was cool even though they uh um the prosthetics are a little are a little dated. Um, yeah, I mean, just basically, you have a killer elevator that has a experimental microchip in it that I think that the uh, the professor said that it's possible to have an organic. Uh, protein based microchip. What? <laughs> okay. Or an organic based protein microchip that can replicate itself and 
the company, this Rising Sun, is is using that on these uh, on on the on this certain elevator, which is in turn, you know, it's growing a mind of itself and it and it's killing people and uh yeah there's you know what does what does he say the the little uh, the arguments that the couple have at the the dinner table just in front of the kids and it's like is your bitch calling or whatever and yeah just hilarious stuff um yeah, I mean, there's not really much to say. I mean, you just have a killer elevator. I mean, it's just, I, I don't really, I don't really have much on this. I just, I thought it was funny, but, uh, yeah, I don't have much to this go on. This is a on, true on. killer elevator. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is exactly what this topic is about. <laughs> That's why it does. This elevator it. will fucking kill you. It'll murder your ass. Yeah, Even if you there's... figure out a way out of it, the damn cables will I know, come joking. out like tentacles. Oh, I loved that part. I <laughs> yeah, loved that awesome. part so much. Yeah. And that's what's cool about this movie, right? Like, you think, killer elevator. Okay, how many how many unique deaths can you do with that? Right. But I think they did a good job with coming up with something different every time it tried to kill, kill them. Like, it tried to, like, suffocate the first, the first group. It um, chopped off somebody's head by getting the door stuck in the elevator and having the lift come down. Um, it uh, uh, had a blind old man fall down the elevator shaft. Yeah. And then it ends with, like, the cables coming alive and, and choking someone out. It's freaking awesome. Of course, it tried to rip up the guy's back, too, when he's trying to smash the Oh, yeah, just by chips. going up and down with the elevator. Yeah, that, just, that, that fucking decapitation scene was awesome. Because, yeah. one... It was cool. Two, the reaction of the other guy, even though it was awkward, I was. It bothered me how much he was fucking bothered by it. And then his it, reaction was was cool, but I I agree with you on the awkward part. Like leading up to it, oh, it was like he pulled on the guy for like two seconds, and then like I can't like, help I you. Can't <laughs> There's nothing I can do. I'm just gonna push the button, see if that does anything. And he didn't. And he didn't answer him he either. The guy's like help, helping him too. He's just, but he's just sitting there, just with his mouth open, like oh. It's almost his fault for not getting him out yeah. of there. But I just, he is so fucking fired i just feel yeah. like it's the coolest death of the whole movie oh. but it's it's yeah. ruined a little bit with the other with just oh. the other guy's lack of anything sure See, i didn't let it bother me but i liked it because it was also slow like yeah, it didn't see, happen very fast because it, was, it could have been really great. suspenseful but yeah oh, I, I like there's that. only one way it would have been made better in my opinion Instead of going down and chopping him down up the neck, it should have like went up underneath his chin, raised his whole body up, and tore his head off that way. That yeah, way, his whole yeah, that'd have been cool. Yeah, been, if it would, if they would have done it opposite, that'd if they could have pulled it off that way, that would have been like fuck, dude. That's like, save something awful. for the sequel. Let's remake it, and then because then, then I could just see it like when when the head's chopped off and the body's up in the air, then the neck the neck stub just slides down the doors and leaves a trail of blood on it. That'd be freaking cool. I liked how the all three doors seemed to. I mean, the elevators had a personality. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. It was like getting mouthy. Uh, it was. It was cool. Well, not only that, but I. I really like the scene where it's playing with the little girl. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. like toying with her. That's when. You, that's the moment where I really like. Okay, this elevator's alive because at first you're like, okay, is there somebody? But 
you know, they're trying to they're trying to throw red herrings in there by like somebody's behind this, somebody's making this happen. Um, you know, with the with the inept cops. You know you have a bad police force when a elevator repairman has to solve the mystery. Um but uh uh and then like you know the I forgot what I was saying. Don't uh, don't break your don't break your dolly when your mom's trying to have an affair either. You know, like she'll come in there and <laughs> holy cover crap. up her black bra and just slap the fucking piss out of you. Yeah. Just like my god, what the hell? I just about got killed. And you come in here and slap me, Jesus. Which uh, well, this is this is really weird. Um, but. It's one of those things where and it's just, this has been happening a lot to me lately. Not quite deja vu, but like things are somehow related and keep coming up randomly. <laughs> but um, you guys know about like Shabbat, the uh, Jewish holiday where they're not allowed to like do any kind of work on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reason I bring this up is because I watched Big Lebowski Saturday night and um, mm-hmm. well no they oh. um, what's his name uh, when he uh, married Goodman, Cynthia Walter. oh yeah Walter. yeah yeah <laughs> Walter you know he, he like I'm not picking up the phone whatever yep. he, he talks about it and and you know the whole argument's like you're not even fucking Jewish but <laughs> how this relates to this episode is that um, Monday or today when I came to work, I was telling my boss about, you know, the killer elevator movies. And he was telling me a real life horror story about um, this elevator that had some like lawyers that were Jewish in it. And um, they consider hitting the button on the floor a um, work. So they cannot do that on Shabbat. So the idea in this building was that on Saturdays during Shabbat, the um, elevator would be set to like a preset mode where it would just go up and down and stop at every floor. Well, they did not tell the um, guy who was working on the elevator about this and they would get on top of the elevator and uh, suddenly it would just start going up. Uh, (laughs) And I guess there were some, um, I don't know if it was injuries or I think a guy lost oh, his head no. yeah um, oh my god because so you know they considered Poor communication yeah touching a button a uh yeah and i mean i'm not saying it's their fault like someone yeah somehow should have been Damn. relayed to him but it was like locally this happened and my boss was telling me and i'm like wow what are the odds i watched uh big lebowski saturday night where he's talking <laughs> about shabbat and then you know it, it works its way into an elevator which we're back here talking <laughs> about killer elevators and well, the way he I look at it, like, man. Go ahead. I guess. I guess the way I look at it, man. Those if those guys are climbing their asses up fourteen flights of stairs, that's going to be some work for their ass. Well, yeah, I think about like, uh, you know, just he, what he said in the movie. Something about like two hundred fifty thousand people get stuck on elevators in their country alone, and it's like I don't know if those stats are still true because I imagine the technology's gotten slightly better. Um, but it's always been like a thing for me, like this elevator sort of creepy because here in Burlington, we have our, our old hospital was converted into like office buildings. Mm. And on the very top floor is a really high end restaurant called Martinis. And you have to take the elevator to get to it. And, uh, you know, there's like radio stations and different things that are, um, elsewhere, like different offices, doctorate offices and stuff in the same Mm. building. And I'm like, this is very much like the building in the movie. (laughs) <laughs> wow. So I'm going to think about this movie next time I go to Martinis. 
I one elevator that really kind of creeps me out is the one at Hotel Atumwa for some odd reason. It's just it's it's a little weird writing it to me, just me personally. The hotel's just weird in general. So, <laughs> did you guys listen to the overdub or did you read the subtitles with overdub? The overdub. Mm. Yeah, I uh, at first I was very off put by the main guy's voice. I don't know if that was you. And it bothered anyone else. And when I was uh, uh, looking up trailers for uh, for the drop for the episode, um, there was totally different guys' voices, and I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that other voice that I heard was any better or not. But well, the the crazy thing is when he finds that you know he sort of uh, starts hanging out with that reporter. Mm-hmm. and his wife is like, you know, his wife's friend's a bitch because she puts it in her mind, like, he's seeing yeah. another yeah. woman. Um, yeah. And then, you know, she goes out and sees him and jumps to that conclusion, which, I mean, he was with another woman, and he sort of lied about where what he was going, in, but it was work-related. But it's so funny how casual he was about it. She's like, yeah. at the table, the kids are like, what's adultery? And, oh. you know, she's like, you know, I saw you with another woman and he just keeps eating dinner. Like doesn't even try yeah. to explain himself. Doesn't even like, he's like, eh. it seemed almost like, well, believe what you want to bitch. See ya. He, he Is makes that like no a Dutch effort. Or... <laughs> yeah. Like I no guess. effort at all. Yeah, yeah, it makes it's... no effort whatsoever to try to explain things or cause if it was, cause like, she is accusing him of cheating at the dinner table, and then the phone rings, and it's the reporter, and he's like, yeah, I can't really go right now. All right, I'll be there in a little bit. You're in yeah. the middle of a fight uh, with your about wife about her. the person that you're, you're on the phone with right your, your now. Mar- your marriage is ending. Like, at the very <laughs> least, take your wife with you to prove that it's not a, not like an affair. At the very least, but he does nothing to try no. to save and, his marriage. And the thing is, when when she does leave, he's just kind of like very nonchalant about it. When yep. he does get home, he's just like, "Okay, I guess I'll just have this some of this shitty fruit she left on my table." You know, <laughs> she's, she's, he's, he t- bites it and like just chucks it over his shoulder, and, and then he's just like, "Oh fuck, she took the bottle caps too." Ugh. I mean, he's an elevator repairman. I mean, do they take their jobs that seriously over there? To be like risking your marriage over. Risking your life over? <laughs> yeah, I feel. I felt like something was like missing. Where the, like something else was going on in the relationship or something. Like he he was. Not, he, it seemed like he was completely cool with this uh, ending. Like, yeah, I just love a. I love movies that have like mysteries to them that someone has to solve, and it's somebody with a job that's so unrelated to being somebody that needs to solve a murder. You know, whether it's like an, you know, like a newspaper reporter I can get. And obviously like a cop or a detective, but an elevator repairman? Yeah, this guy's got nothing on Fletch. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this movie's, this movie's fun. It's, it's goofy. Um, I was a little nervous in the third act when I'm like, okay, this is going to be the exciting third act conclusion, watching this guy fix an elevator. <laughs> but then, you know, it picks it up a little bit with the elevator trying to trying to kill him, you know, by going up and down and basically, you know, tearing the shit out of his back. Oh, and did, did we even mention the blind guy? Yeah, that, that was... 
that was another one I thought of as a really cool death in the movie. Good kill in the movie. I yeah. mean, the the guy, the guy that got hanged by the wire is probably the one that you know really actually deserve it because the elevator got pissed off because it got shot like six times. <laughs> 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 Come here, you motherfucker! Oh, and yeah. am I, am I under, to understand that weird jelly ooze? Is that the reproducing chips? Proteins? Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, the I guess I don't know. Or elevator like, jizz or slurm? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, you pre-apologize for this one, Mike. That's I thought weird. for sure you guys would hate. I'm sitting there watching this. I'm like, oh <laughs> fuck, I'm gonna get lit up. On no, Monday. this was entertaining front to it back. Was. I honestly thought so. It's oh, good. It, yeah, it's it, and just all the way down to like that idiot, like uh, the guy that was buffing the floor and like you know dancing around like a dipshit. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, this guy's so gonna get it, you know, like in in your horror movie instincts that this guy is not going to last long <laughs> and he doesn't. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting flick. Definitely. And where do we watch this? This is on Tubi. This right? is on Tubi. So yeah. Everybody can watch it on Tubi. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, I it just, I picked this movie cause I've never seen it, but I've seen clips from it. And it might even have been the head chopping scene that I've seen before, but uh, there was this video series back in the '80s that Gorgon Video did called Gorgon Video Magazine. They did only did two volumes of it, and I think I had volume one, I think. But then it showed clips on it, and I was fascinated. That tape is amazing, and it's got so much cool stuff on it. And I was, I made it a mission at one point to see every movie that's like they show a trailer from or clips from because they they have like. A spot for trailers they have a spot for this guy doing movie reviews and there's like interviews with filmmakers and stuff it's cool 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 set of tapes you can actually find those tapes in full on youtube because that's where I, I saw the other volume that i've never been able to find um so i made it a mission to try to see all the movies and i just never got around to the lift so that was one of the reasons why i picked it so everybody cool. knows that the show is your little toy to get your yeah movie list checked off yeah one well, and Torture you guys with some uh-huh. weird ass flicks. So, yeah, Jason, what's the next movie? Oh man, the next movie is from 1964, going way back. This is Lady in a Cage. All this war talk in the papers. Maybe we should go into armament stocks again. I'll be back by, uh, oh, lunchtime, Tuesday. Such a large suitcase for one small weekend. Well, why not? I don't have to pay excess baggage to the car. <laughs> oh, you go ahead. I don't have patience for that contraption. I'll be glad when I don't have to use it anymore. Have we an anti-Satan missile while we've been conquering polio and space? What have we done about the devil? Now, what the hell's the matter with you? This is what it's for. Ah. 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 
Release me from your generosity. Release me from your beauty. Release me from your love. An injured woman is trapped in her private elevator during a power failure while her home is ransacked. It was written and produced by Luther Davis, directed by Walter Grauman, starring Olivia de Havilland. I think I said that right. Nope. <laughs> and one of the first roles of main main roles for James Caan. Caan! He was a stud in this. He was awesome. Sure. Oh. No! Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I But I liked this movie. I think it was great. That was great. It's worried. You got me worried there for a second. Yeah, what'd you guys think? Is that all you got? Oh. <laughs> it's great. I, well, I think this movie's a friggin' gem, dude. Yeah. I I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they and I don't know. Stop me if I'm crazy here, but like the three <laughs> robbers, uh, was it? Uh, gosh, I can't remember their names. I don't have the IMDb up. But James Con, uh, the the gal, and the other two, they kind of reminded me like a milder, milder form of like the Devil's Rejects in a way, you know, because. <laughs> Because they're 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 actually pretty kind of sadistic, you know. Oh yeah. Because they're uh, like when they killed the old wino, you know, and they they didn't show it, you know, because I mean, my goodness, it's nineteen sixty four. But after they killed him, you know, they're taking his hand and they're waving with it, and they're like, <laughs> "Oh hi, hi," you know. And I'm just like, "Man, that's y'all that's off pretty, your rocker." That's that's pretty messed up for even nineteen. You know, that's messed up now, but mm-hmm. like. 1964 my goodness i was like wow um yeah it's just uh, everything everything about that about it that they included you know i mean just james con roughing up uh elaine i think was her name um yeah and it got to the point where she's like she's not liking it and then you could like she starts laughing like she is liking it you know, and this is all happening in the in the other room, and it's just like it's got a, like a lot of risque themes in it for 1964, and uh, yeah, just everything to do with with her son and h- how he might be, you know, um, homosexual and everything, and yeah, it just I think it pushed a lot of boundaries for the time mm-hmm. that it was that it was made in, and. What else do I want to touch on? Oh, and I felt like really horrible, but I laughed my ass off because when she's trying to reach the phone and she tied it to like this stick and then the cane fell on the stick, I'm just like, <laughs> for some odd reason, I just started laughing my ass off. I was just like, this poor lady, she can't catch a break. And I'm just like, how rich do you have to be 
to install like that ginormous elevator when you I mean, yes, you broke your hip and it's a little hard to, you know, climb the stairs. Here's an idea. If you could spend that much money, you can spend just a hell of a lot less to hire movers to move a bed down to a lower floor. <laughs> you know, but I, I digress, you know, that doesn't, you know, move the plot along. But uh other other than that, uh yeah, dude, I I really like this movie. I I'm glad you you picked this one out. I had a good time with it. Yeah, I thought it was really great too. Um, you know, James Con looked. He is just like seeing him so young, and mm-hmm. uh, he was just like a, a. I think I messaged you guys like while watching, it, like yep. what a stud in this movie. And then this that was before he like. I mean, he was never a good guy, but he just gets worse and worse throughout the movie. So then I'm like, uh, I probably shouldn't glorify him. He's sort of a piece of shit. Uh, about halfway through a really big piece of shit. But um, yeah, I mean, it, this movie has a little bit of claustrophobia in it, you know, home invasion twice. It's like, yep, yeah. you know, we have the, the, um, you know, homeless dude, the wino break in, then another group breaks in to break in from, t- to take him out. And it's like the layers on layers. It's uh, like Andy said, just very um, risque for its time. Push, you know, push that envelope and, and, Really good, yeah. Good performances from everybody, and believable, and um, you know some dark twists towards the end when he's reading his, the son's letter. Oh and, man, that yeah. got and, me and, hard. And then another one of those scenes where you th- it, it very uh, almost reminded me of like Texas Chainsaw when uh, Sally gets out the door, and then or, or is it I don't remember Sally or who it is gets out the door and Leatherface grabs her and pulls her back yep. in. Yeah, that scene where she's cla- like clawing her way out to the street. Oh, yeah. And she's almost yeah. there, and he grabs her and gets her back in. Of course, the second time she finally gets out, but it's like one of those things. Also, like in Halloween two, when Jamie Lee Curtis is crawling across the uh, uh. hospital, uh, you know, ground, and she's like, she can't yell, scream, she can't scream help until Loomis gets in the building. It's the same thing where she's like yelling, and no one can hear her, and it's like, God damn it, someone stop and help her. Um, <laughs> It, but it opened with a dead dog. I was going to say it was set up horrible. wonderfully with yeah. The set, I mean, yes, that was horrible, but it was a wonderful setup story wise on just how people don't pay attention to shit that ain't theirs and just keep on moving. And it it uh, it also ended with another dead animal in the street. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I love this movie. I am really happy that I finally got to share it with you guys. Uh, you know. I, mentioned before that i you know some of my sick motivation is to make you guys watch weirdo bad stuff but uh but i also love it is when i can share gems like this with you guys especially when it's older films um because i know uh, with certain members of this show that's a little bit more of a blind spot so uh i can't remember where i first heard this heard about this movie i'm assuming it was from a podcast uh but based on the podcast I listened to, I ended up blind buying this movie, ordering it, and and freaking love it. I I love this movie a lot. I like the score. I, I, there's I something was on my about list. Yep. yeah. There's something about that 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 music from that music score from the '60s. Yep. That kind of I don't know what mm-hmm. you'd call that jazzy kind of score. Really, it adds almost to it. it almost had like a very Hitchcockian uh, beginning like fil- to it. Film noir. Yeah, it's yeah. like almost like uh I don't I don't want to say vertigo or psycho but just like the uh, the art deco kind of style the way that they did it like in in terms of uh 
the credits, the credit sequence in the yeah. beginning. Yeah, I love that. And too. I love that credit sequence. What a great way of setting up the world that we're living in and creating those themes of just again, yeah, living in our own little world, setting up that it's a super hot July day. Um, you know, the kind of neighborhoods we're in and whatnot. And uh, and I love the domino effect of of of, of circumstances in this movie, and they, they show you they show you all the details of how the power goes out in her house, and then how that comes back into play later, and this just all these elements. And and for the people at home who are listening to this and have not seen this movie, when we say elevator, it's it is basically a cage. It is a it goes mm-hmm. from the top of the stairs to the bottom of the stairs. It's open and free. So, so when all this stuff is going on, when her house is getting terrorized and 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 robbed, she can see it all. She just can't do anything about it because she's so much, so many feet off the ground that if she were to fall, she'd probably you know break her hip all over again. Yeah, yeah, she can't jump. Yeah, there's no way of jumping. She can't reach the stairs from where she's at, but she's open and to see everything that's going on, to hear everything that's going on and everybody can see and, and hear her. So it's, it's a really cool, like I, one of my favorite scenes is when James Kahn is leaning over the banister and having that, that conversation with her and just like fucking with her while she is helpless in this cage. Yeah. And he keeps calling her the human being, you know, He's like using her own words against her and and mocking her with it. You know, it's just like, what a what a dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely played with his food. Like he didn't just uh, <laughs> oh, go yeah. in and take what he could have and left. Like he, he him and uh, his his partner, the the crazy dude, or just Effie like, or Essie, yeah. Essie. Oh, yeah. okay. Just definitely, you know, fucking with them the whole time. Yeah, I like that Devil's Rejects comp. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where my mind went. Yeah, definitely recommend, guys. If yeah, and where where did we watch this? Was this, this on Two B Two? This was Hulu. This was Hulu. Was yeah, somewhere so else. No too. commercials. And Prime. And Prime. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I have it on DVD, so and it looks really good for its age. It really did. Oh yeah, yeah. And also did a little. Um, IMD being and this Olivia who played the the lead character, she died just last year at a hundred and four years wow. old. Oh, good for her. That's freaking she was, right. She was awesome in this mm-hmm. for an elder lady already. Well, right? as a and lead you, in your film, and you'd have to be because this is, and I think that's what attracted me to the movie because yeah. again, it's a singular location, not a big cast, and I mean, you're really only dealing with. Like, I think six characters at most. Yep. And most of the movie hinges on her performance. Her and James Caan. Lady in a Cage. Tad, what's our last movie? Our last movie is from 2019, and it is The Platform. There are three kinds of people. The ones above, the ones below, and the ones who fall. So this is, uh... The pit. Bingo. Mr. Chimagasi, do you know how this all works? It's obvious. We must eat. What will it be? Whatever the ones above don't want. Is this 
Disgusting. How many are below us? <laughs> Soon there will be less. Was that a person? Obviously it was a person. Nobody's gonna do anything! If everybody ate only what they needed, the food would get to the lowest level. Help me go down. Down a suicide. Hunger will drive you mad. You have a big heart, but honestly, I don't think you'll survive for long. Obviously, a slab of food descends floor by floor in a, pri- in a prison, obviously. The inmates above eat heartily, leaving those below starving and desperate, obviously. A rebellion is eminent, obviously. Um, yeah, this movie um, is was one that sort of went viral on Netflix in 2019 when it came out. I remember Andy had it uh, mentioned it on the year-end episode. I think he might have been the only one to watch it. It was um, in my top five, I think. Actually. Yeah, yeah, you really it liked it, rightfully yeah. so. Uh, very cool. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't regret sleeping on it because I knew I'd eventually watch it, and I'm, you know, it's it's really fantastic. It's a definitely a social commentary, and it's a thinker at times because it, on its surface, it's very very simple. These prisoners are, um, and it sort of you know hooks to our apartment building talk earlier, but. Um, <laughs> These people, you know, you end up on a level and the, as the food makes its way down, there's less and less food. And, and some people, you know, say fuck everyone else and eat as much as you can. Others uh, try to come up with a plan on how everybody can survive. Um, but it's a sort of has undertones of like, you know, classist, like, you know, the oh, people yeah. above who live above are are more worthy. They eat the best and people at the bottom die. Um but it, it, like I said, on on when you read it, it seems very simple, but uh, it, it really gets you thinking about what would you do in that situation? And and there's more to it. You know, there's times when uh, you don't know what floor you're going to end up with. You don't always have the same partner. Um, some There's a lady with a dog there. Um, there's this woman who's riding up and down looking for her kid. Uh, it's It's pretty wild. And I love the fact that they can't ration food, otherwise they'll the their cells will be either heated up to the point where they're melting or they'll they'll freeze them to death. So they cannot you know, they can't take food for later. They only have like a two minute time span to get to eat as much as they can on a daily basis. Which, yeah, they had to fi- find out a way because that would be a huge pothole right away. Like, yeah, a lot of rules yeah. to yeah, through. yeah, because if somebody just yeah, the first floor would just sweep it off onto their floor. <laughs> there it is. And the second floor would have you know everybody below would just die, and and you know, so they had to think of of rules to set on this in this land. And um, I'm not one to always look for plot holes, so I'm curious to to hear if any of you have any like, well, this wouldn't work because of this, or you know, vice versa. Gosh, nothing I can think of, but I don't. I try not to. I didn't really try to think about that stuff, especially 
when a movie engages engages me like this, I just let it go. I just let my mind go with it. Yeah. Um, I thought this was great. Thank you, Andy, for because um, I've been wanting to watch yeah. it ever since you brought it up. So uh, I mentioned the cube earlier. For some reason, this movie reminds me of the cube. I don't know. I'm not sure what the well the cube's got the cube's got a revolving uh, the door to the cube is kind of like a revolving thing that goes around it and it creates a bridge so that you can get out. It's not it's quite kinda, it's as puzzle based maybe, but yeah. there's still some puzzle to it. I to think- me, what it, what attracted me to this film is that it's it's very uh, Rod Serling Twilight Zoney in nature of of the story. It's. Yeah. It's very simplistic, but yet it draws you in at the same time. And I was just like, wow. I mean, like, how are these people, how are these people going to make it? You're, you're instantly intrigued as to what, what are they going to do in order to get out of this situation? It's, uh, I, and I think that's what Twilight Zone is. It was, it was, it was always, um, it was a it was a weird situation based uh horror and i was just like wow that's and, and it, it, but it's 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 very simple but it's yet very very creative at the same time it's really fucked up that it feels like a prison but it's but it's volunt- people, there's people, people there voluntarily so yeah. what is that what is God dang, who would do that? I think that's where I also think I compare it to the cube because one, mm. the setting is this supernatural prison type of thing. This uh this more sci-fi type of mm-hmm. you know, prison. But also at the same time, like we never learn the real purpose of this place. We never really learn who's in charge of this place. Um it seems like its own its own entity. Like this building is is a sentient being, and that's how I always have perceived the cube as well. That we never learn why these people are trapped in that situation. I mean, we do in this. We do know that you know the one guy's there voluntarily for this reason. Another guy's there, and I think some people are there to, because of it was either this or prison, um, but. And we never really learn like the real motivation of why any why they built this structure and what's the purpose of it and who's in I'd charge. I'd rather not know. No, yeah, I, and that's that's what makes it great, and that's what you know makes the adds great to the for mis- me. Yeah, adds to the mystique. It's what makes it terrifying for me. You want to know something else that's really neat about this? How many floors are there? Three hundred and thirty-three. How many people in each room is there? Two. Two. So that's how many people? Someone told me I'd have to do math. Six, six, six. So is this real? Is this hell? You know, it's one of those kind of. But models. a lot of them are dead, though. Are, well, not, not completely. They don't six start services. dead. That's true. Each month, you know. You know, and then it's like, you know, they, you know, like Dante's Inferno. There's levels. Yeah. To hell. Wow. Did Tina tell you that? No, <laughs> I know how to mass. <laughs> he read it online. <laughs> yeah, come on. But it's, it's that's why this movie's cool because they don't fucking tell you anything. <laughs> There's a lot of interpretations. You really got yeah. You really got me thinking on the whole hell aspect. I think that's no. I thought that when I watched it, just because of the goddamn 
floor and the dreamlikeness of it and the well, and the, insane. the higher up you are too, and how like more oh heavenly it is because you have all the food options at the top. You 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 have it all at the beginning, and it just becomes worse and worse as as it goes down. But there's definitely a lot of uh, where what what country is this movie from? Because it's Spain. Not, Spain. Okay. This is really interesting. I guess I don't oh, know two enough about films on this list too. Yeah, that's nice. I guess I don't know enough about enough about um, politics in Spain or the class structure in Spain. But there's definitely a lot of oh, messages about, about class. Cla- yeah. yeah, in your place because there's 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 people that will just take bites out of food and throw it back on the table just to spite the people below them. Just just spit to, on it. Yeah. Spit on it. Pee yeah. on it. Yeah. I know people that, get pooped. Yeah. People get pooped in the face. <laughs> yep. If this movie cemented anything for me, it's that I hate watching people eat <laughs> in movies. Oh my god, I hate it. Yeah, don't watch this movie. Especially while you're that eating. first guy. Oh, ugh, ugh, it's so gross. So yeah. gross. Oh yeah, they don't they don't hand them silverware either. Yeah, I mean, standing stuff, on the f- oh my god, stuff stuffs on plates, you know. But yeah, no silverware. Well, think about it. I mean, you can bring a samurai plus, but they won't give you a fucking forks and knives. <laughs> this this platform that has the food on it is huge, and it starts off as like the most biggest smorgasbord of elegant dining ever, and then when it gets gets lower and lower, it's looks like a freaking trash pile so you have two minutes to eat if you're on a lower level like like uh you know the two guys start off on after a hundred you're screwed. you gotta yeah yeah you gotta start digging around through the mess to try to find food and you only have two minutes to eat and you know fill your stomach for the day yeah yeah you, yeah, yeah it's just the- one time a day at the beginning when we first meet them and, and are learning the rules and he's like oh i'm not gonna eat that and it's like I'm already like motherfucker. Like, what are you doing? You know, I don't even know the rules, but if that food platform comes down, I'm eating everything I can. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, if they were, I mean, if they were, if they were smart, I would just sleep on the platform. <laughs> you know, there's, I guess there, but I mean that they probably just, you know, somebody just probably kick you off of there and just murder you anyway. But well, unless you're a, a tough, a tough psycho bitch like that one girl, you know. Yeah. Um, you was. may not survive if you lay on the table because how many times did she ch- get grabbed and I'm assuming attempted Spend rape? Days or, and weeks on floors yeah. that people, yeah. yeah. And the lower you get, obviously people are getting really desperate for food and start yeah. eating people. You're full of meat, so. And I love the items that some of these people brought. Some people bought like stacks of cash. Like, what, what are you going to do with that shit? <laughs> You know, at a, at a kiddie pool. You know, oh, I understand yeah. the guy, you know, <laughs> who brought like the samurai sword. I get that, <laughs> yeah. but like, why would they? Bring, why would they bring a kiddie pool? Take oh, baths. Well. You can take baths. Oh, okay. I have to take my hygiene very seriously, Andy. That's right. Because you do have access to water whenever you want. So there's that. Oh, cool movie. Really cool. Do you? And you think he dies at the end? Yeah. I think he got sli- he got pretty sliced up does. pretty good. I Probably. think he yeah. He walks away at the bottom. He's done. I mean, right? he started hallucinating well, pretty hardcore like halfway through the film. So I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Goring. Check it out. What's his name? On Netflix, this one. Yeah. All right. Well, we've made it all the way to the sixth floor, but we are not all the way to the top yet. There's, there's more to come. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it'll be segments time on the show. First, you're going to hear about our podcast network, the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, with tons of great shows like Podcasts from the Crypt, The Movie Defenders, Cracktastic Plastic, and First Time Podcast. You have hours upon hours of amazing content to listen to, so do it. Go to thepfbn.com and check them all out. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we are back. We're now hitting the upper levels in our elevator. These floors are the penthouse suites for all of you fancy schmancy people. So the next floor that we're coming to is going to be Jason with shout outs. It's time for shout outs. Hey, it's time for shout-outs, everybody's favorite segment. Uh, this episode, we asked, what are your favorite horror movies involving elevators? Let's start over in our Facebook group edition. We got Scott Wedge says, Lady in a Cage. Nice. How'd he know? Yeah. Because he saw it and he knew it was good. That's right. All right, let's get over to our main Facebook page. We got up first, Eric Ian Steele says omen two i'll never forget that elevator scene it made me jittery about lifts to this day i don't know if i've ever seen omen two it's gonna say the same thing you guys anybody no up next we got the reapster Reapster! oh of course final destination two (laughs) omen two and resident evil all have great elevator kill scenes but the best has to go to Brian De Palma's Dressed to Kill. Oh, yeah. That scene has oh, haunted yeah. me for 40 friggin' oh, years, man. and it still mm-hmm. holds up today. Totally. Mm-hmm. Good one. <laughs> that was a, yeah, that's a good one. Up next, we got Sean Spinks. He says, Dawn of the Dead. <gasps> yeah. Right? Yeah. I think you yeah. would remember that, Mike. Yeah, damn it. Chris Anderson says, Omen 2. That elevator kill is brutal as fuck. Actually prefer Omen 2 over the first one. Man, I'm going to have to go back and watch Omen 2. Me too. Me three. Up next, we got Donna Nelly. (laughs) He says, well, (laughs) I didn't realize it was spelled this way. Dick Moss, but it's M-A-A-S. Yeah. So I'm I'm like thinking he did some Christmas weird spelling. I don't know what's (laughs) happening. Dick Moss is the lift. 
and his remake, The Shaft, in parentheses. Yes, please commence with the dick jokes about this. They are liter- <laughs> they literally write themselves. I saw that on his IMDb that in 2001 <laughs> he made a movie called The Shaft. I'm like, oh, dick. is this a remake or is he just obsessed with <laughs> elevators? He said, for scenes set in an elevator, dressed to kill, Omen 2, and Devil offer up some enjoyable moments as well. I was hoping the devil would show up on this, or I guess it's just devil. It's not the devil, but that's right. I would hope that would show up on this list. I didn't put it on ours because we've done it on the show before. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's see what Abe Abe Kirshner's got to say about it. He says, devil was awesome. Heck yeah. Also got to give a shout out to Hulu's Down from the Into the Dark series. I fucking love that one. Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. And finally, I don't remember it fully, but Botched, starring Steven Dorff, has some cool stuff involving elevators. Awesome. Botched. Don't know that movie. I don't know either. Tell us about that, Abe. Yeah. <clears throat> and then over on, where'd we go? Over on Instagram, we got Necrocannibalistic Vomitorium. You know that guy. It's Jonathan. Nice. He says, the end of Deep Red. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Right? And then lastly, on Twitter, we got attacker Tony Miller at Armed Narrative. Tony. says, Cabin in the woods. What's better oh, than one elevator with a killer creature? A whole bunch of them. God damn it. Yeah. That's so that's, good. That that's <laughs> wow. Right? Oh, that's such a what a scene. Yeah. What a scene. Mm-hmm. All right. That's what we have for shout outs. Uh don't forget though, you can always call and leave us a voicemail. You can call us mm-hmm. at that's right. If you people still make phone calls, Mike. They do? I, I, not kids so much, but any of you adults <laughs> out there. Could get on your rotary phone and call 415-952-6857. They're Googling rotary phone right now. Yeah. Or, or 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us that voicemail. We'll play it on the show. And, hey, that's shout-outs. Or get your Dixie cup with a string. Yeah. <laughs> the next floor is where the best of the best of the Hollywood clan stays. The rich and the famous. The people we love the ones we admire and we wish we all could become. Unfortunately today, they're not here, but we do have the cast of recasting with Christian Slater instead. Salutations and welcome to another episode of Recasting with Christian Slater, Attack of the Killer podcast version of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. <laughs> Only there's twice as much disorientation, vomit, and crying children. <laughs> this week we're out to ruin an 80s slasher classic. Join us as we turn a scene from Wes Craven's Shocker into a dumpster fire. Yes. 
Reading the role of the foot-dragging, psychotic TV repairman Horace Pinker is our resident shrimpy rageaholic, Don Knotts. Thank you, Christian, again, for having me. Always a pleasure. No problem, Donnie. Always a delight. Wait, wait what? Huh? Always a pleasure? D did you get laid or something? Why, whatever do you mean, Christian? Hmm. Moving on, reading the role of Lieutenant Don Parker as horror movie and film legend Vincent Price. Thank you, Christian. It's an honor and a privilege to be working with you. <laughs> the privilege is all mine. You've inspired a generation, sir. Ever since I saw House of Rat Wax when I was a kid, I wanted to be an actor. Oh, God! Pull your tongue out of his ass, will you? This isn't rim-jopping with Christian Slater, you know? This fucking guy. <sighs> Oddly enough, I had to pull double duty and read the description to play Jonathan Parker. But I'm not sure if I have any lines. Looks like I get to be your son, Donnie. <laughs> If you were my son, you'd have been shot on the hotel curtains. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the role of the warden is our favorite evil overlord of etern from attorney Escalator. <laughs> yes, you picked me to play the warden because the warden in the movies is always evil. Who's more evil than me? <laughs> Ozzy couldn't make it. Uh, you really know how to take the piss out of everything, don't you? Happy in my work. Returning as an expert witness in a Benoit bead smuggling case is Gary Busey. He'll be reading the part of the prison chaplain. Thank you so much, Christian. I was let go early as a witness in that case. In case you don't know what Benoit beads are, they're like Mardi Gras beads for your poopy. Only a lot more fun. Now, I had my assistant insert the beads into me to show the, the jury just how they worked. Unfortunately, my assistant Pierre got a little overzealous and basically tried to start me like a lawnmower. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> just, just fucking, wow. Just when I think you can't get any more bizarre, the gravity of your bat <laughs> shittery just knows no bounds. I'm, I'm not quite sure I've, what I've signed up for. Welcome to the club. Scene 16, page 32. Interior, interior electrocution chamber, day. Armed guards wrestle Horace Pinker into a small chamber with large windows. A large electric chair sits in the middle of the room. Lieutenant Parker and Jonathan take seats with other spectators on the other side of the glass. The warden, a stoic middle-aged man, stands next to them beside an intercom. You come to look death in the face, schoolboy? Pinker and Jonathan lock eyes as the prison chaplain trails, trails in behind the guards. The guards manhandle Pinker into the electric chair and strap him in. 
Pinker doesn't take his eyes off Jonathan. The prison chaplain approaches Pinker with his Bible. Would you like to pray with me, my son? I'm no son of yours! Go play with your choir boys, you little pederast! Well, he ain't wrong. Stick to the script, Gary. The chaplain scurries away, disturbed. Pinker laughs maniacally as execution guards congregate in the ultimate room where the death switch is located. Ladies and gentlemen, as warden of this facility, I'm directed by the state to request that you all bear witness to the execution of Horace Pinker in accordance with the laws of, the great of this great state. In most cases, this is a duty I'd rather not be mine. However, today I find I feel justice is being served. The warden pushes the button on the intercom. Does the prisoner have any final words? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. Pinker and Jonathan lock eyes again. Your pitiful little memory's wiped it all out, hasn't it? I used to beat you real good, boy. I was beating you good when your mama tried to stop me with a gun. Lieutenant Parker springs from his seat enraged. You shut your mouth, you fuck! <laughs> Vincent Price, everyone. <laughs> the warden places his hand on Lieutenant Parker's shoulder and urges him to sit. The witness will sit down and remain silent. The prisoner has a right to speak. That's right! I was beating it real good when your mama tried to stop me with that gun that she bought into our happy home. <laughs> Lieutenant Parker and Jonathan glance over at one another, and then Jonathan looks back at Pinker. He sits there and takes it like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. This can't be right. I've got no lines. This can't be the script. It is today, Slater. I kind of like this version. Unfucking believable. Let's go. <laughs> you saw me kill her. Don't you remember how she screamed? And how clever you were grabbing that gun and shooting me right through the fucking knee, you little peckerhead. <laughs> Such a big gun blasting away at your daddy with murder in your eyes. Like father, like son, huh? <sighs> Pinker takes his piercing gaze off of Jonathan, and he snarls at the warden. What are you waiting for, dickhead? You want to fry me? Then do it, you fucking insect! The warden presses the intercom as he stoically glares back at Pinker. You heard the man! The executionist arms the chair in the adjacent room and throws the switch. Inside the chamber, Pinker thrashes about in the chair as electricity flows through him. That about does it for this week's episode. A rendition of Horace Pinker's evil revelation before he was sent to hell. Although it's no shocker who tweaked the script, you're not all, you're not all different than me. You sat down and took this show like a little bitch, didn't you? <laughs> Until next time. Six, 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 six.
There was an actor who was a horror maniac icon long before Kane Hodder and Robert England. That's right. I'm talking about, of course, no, not Boris Karloff. That's too far back. The actor's name is no, not Gunnar Hansen either. We're still, we're still doing insane's picks hall of fame from around the world. So it's not an American this time around. We are inducting the Italian writer, actor, director, and producer, George Eastman. Born Luigi Montefiore in Genoa, Italy in 1940, 1942, he started out in advertising, doing artwork for various agencies. He moved to Rome in 1966 to further his art career, but he got hooked up with a group of filmmakers who convinced him to take up acting. He began his life in the film industry, getting parts in Italian westerns under his new cinnamon, uh, pseudonym, <laughs> cinnamon, cinnamon, <laughs> pseudonym, <laughs> under his new pseudonym, I can't say that word, uh, George Eastman. Standing at six foot six, George one time missed out on a role in a Franco Nero western because his height made the leading man look too short. To broaden his appeal as an actor, he played Black Burton in the Charlton Heston, Charlton Heston film Call of the Wild in 1972. He started writing with the 1970 film The Unholy Four, directed by Enzio Barbina. Eastman later became a regular actor and screenwriter for many movies directed by Joe Diamato. They first worked together in the movie Cormac and the Mounties, also known as Redcoat, in 1975. George and Joe worked together on a couple of Emmanuel films, among others, but it wasn't until their collaboration on the 1980 horror film Anthropagus, The Grim Reaper, that put them both on the Insane's Picks map. Anthropagus is about a group of people who become stranded on a tourist island where they are stalked by a disfigured cannibalistic killer played by George Eastman. He is prowling, he is uh, pursuing them on the island and is, is killing them one by one. The film is such a sleaze gore fest that even the poster of Anthropagus eating his own intestines instantly tells you all you need to know about the film. With all the movies both Joe D'Amato and George Eastman had done in their various careers, this is the film that they are both the most well-known for. So much so that they did an unofficial sequel with Eastman playing a similar cannibalistic maniac in the 1981 film Absurd that George also co-wrote. However, these are not all of George's contributions to horror. He has acted and or written other films such as Erotic Nights of the, of the Living Dead, Cannibal Love, Porno Holocaust, Stage Fright, and Metamorphosis, which he also directed. Italian cinema owes a huge debt of gratitude for all the films he has given us through his performances, his, his um, directing, and his writing. A very large man in both height and body of work, George Eastman has earned his place here in Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. 
So that concludes this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Thank you everyone for listening, and a special thanks to the attackers. Your support helps keep the show going and growing. After this episode, you'll probably be afraid to ever use an elevator again. However, there are steps you can take to avoid them. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, God. Talk to you all in the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Bye. Oh no, could this be the end of? <laughs> Attack of the Killer!